0: and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Tuesday, April the 5th. And wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's goodness today, my friends. I hope that your day is filled with every good thing. Now, here we are in April. We are approaching Holy Week, and uh, we are finishing up that Lenten season, and what we get to encounter again here today, my friends, is Jesus, that philosophical Jesus that John gives us in between the great stories of John, the great miracles, the great signs, the great wonders, the great pointing uh, to who God really is. And and so we get more of what Jesus is, is talking about here and my gosh it it almost gets to the point where here we go again. Jesus is saying the same thing. But it's important my friends that we understand there's a reason that Jesus was saying it or the reason that John the author uh, or the community of John were putting this in Jesus's mouth is because that was the question. And what is it that Jesus is saying? Once again he's saying I and the Father are one. I and the Father are one. Brothers and sisters, uh, you know we get that idea in the Synoptics as well. The other three Gospels—Matthew, Mark, and Luke—will uh, will show us that, but not nearly uh, to the level of John's. And we call that—that's why you may have heard me say or others say that John has this high Christology. That's fancy church word for a high. Uh, it, it speaks often of Jesus as the Christ as the Messiah, as the Anointed One. Uh, and, and therefore, that image, that idea that the Father and He are one comes through strong again today. Do not take my word for it. Let's read the gospel again. Uh, because what we're going to hear today is what we heard yesterday and what we heard on Friday and, and I think on Thursday. And all of that is good. Because, brothers and sisters, I think we need to hear it to remember. That when we see Jesus, we see the living God. And then we don't need to be as afraid of the living God. Because Jesus, our brother, was the man of compassion, uh, was a a person of forgiveness, was, uh, was mercy and grace and life itself. And, that, and if indeed that is uh, what the Father looks like, brothers and sisters, it is good news indeed. So let's read the uh, gospel today after four minutes of intro. John chapter 8, verses 21 to 30, okay? John 8, 21 to 30. I'll be reading the New American Translation today. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to the Pharisees, I am going away and you will look for me, but you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, he is not going to kill himself, is he? Because he said, where I am going, you cannot come. Jesus said to them, you belong to what is below. I belong to what is above. You belong to this world, but I do not belong to this world. That is why I told you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, What I told you from the beginning. I have much to say about you in condemnation, but the one who sent me is true, and from what I heard from him I tell the world. They did not realize that he was speaking to them of the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will realize that I am, and that I do nothing on my own, but I say only what the Father taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, because I always do what is pleasing to him. Because he spoke in this way, many came to believe in him. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So let's get a, a few things. Let's start at the back. Can we do that? And then we'll, we'll move to the, to the beginning. So any there were two times in here. Jesus says, for if you do not believe that I am, and I, of course, is capitalized, it always would be, but am is capitalized here as well. For if you do not believe that I am, you will die in your sins. And then later, about a paragraph later, he says, "When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will realize that I am." Both again capitalized, and what I do nothing, and that I do nothing on my own. Now, why would that be, my friends? Of course, you know the answer already. But the uh, the answer is, he's invoking the name of Yahweh. He's invoking the name of God. Remember, now this goes back to, to the law, right? It goes back to Moses and uh, to Exodus when Moses encounters God on Sinai. and uh, And the burning bush, God invites Moses to go to Egypt and set his people free. And Moses, of course, gives up some excuses, says, here's reasons why I can't go. And then he says, okay, well, you're going to take my your you know, brother with you, and he'll speak for you. And then Moses says, well, okay, but, but who shall I tell them is, is sending me? And that's how God names himself. Go tell Pharaoh that I am sent you. I mean, that's such an incredible image, isn't it? You know, we try to put a name on God, and that's why our Jewish brothers and sisters often will not do that. For to even say the name of God, in a sense, uh, shows a possession of God. That God is far too u- utterly free to be possessed in our, our very words, in, in our very mouths. And therefore, even his name, you know, is is beyond. it. Is, I mean, I am. It ultimately he's saying, I am ultimate reality. I am everything that is. I am life itself. I am am and there is no putting that in a box even even i put it in a box somewhat with putting these words around it right ultimate reality or i am life or whatever but the god is saying that i am and so jesus and and that's why this is so utterly unbelievable and beautiful because jesus is saying he's he's literally naming that he is god here um that is why I told you, you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am, if you do not believe that I am uh, a part of that ultimate reality, again, forgive the fact that I'm putting words around that because there's no words that can effectively do that. Well, if you do not believe that I am that ultimate reality, that I am part of that ultimate what is the, the, the I, mean, I mean, how do you even describe that? Of, of of all that is contained within the universe. If you do not believe that that is who I am, you will die in your sins. And so Jesus is equating that. And now he also here, now this is going to point to the first reading, and I won't go back and read the first reading, but I'll just kind of tell you about it. He says, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will realize that I am, that I am, and that I do nothing on my own, but only what the Father taught me, right? Well, he's pointing to the first reading, and, and Jewish, the Pharisees would know this and the Jewish people at the time. First reading is out of numbers, and it's when the people were complaining in the desert, right? The, so they, they've left Egypt, they're walking in the desert, they have not yet gotten to the Holy Land, and uh, the seraph serpents come up and start biting some of them, and the people die. And they go to Moses and say, okay, we're going to stop complaining, just you know, ask God, beg God to, to stop the serpents, take the snakes away. And God says, mount two of them on a pole, and whoever is bitten, if they look upon the seraph serpent, they will be healed. They will not die. And so Jesus uses that imagery of when we look upon him on the cross, when we lift him high, just like those seraph serpents were, when we look upon him, we will be saved. Now, brothers and sisters, I'm going to ask the question, what does that mean? But there's no way on earth I'm going to be able to encapsulate the fullness of what that means, because that is beyond me. It is beyond me. But here's where I'll begin the journey. It doesn't mean simply, brothers and sisters, that it's magic, that we look upon a crucifix and we will be healed. Again, I think that it's that same thing I, I talked about what couple couple of weeks ago when we talked about John, right? That the first half of the book is the book of signs, and then the second half the book of glory. That that the signs we have to look past the sign, that Jesus just wasn't a, a magic, you know, magician. He wasn't just a, a do gooder or a wowie kind of cool look at this, you know, guy's gifts and and it ends in him. That we have to look beyond it, right? To to say what does that tell us of who God is. And I think we have to do that with the cross. That when we really look at it and not just say, okay, I'm looking at it, am I healed? But look beyond and say, what does that mean of who God is and, and, and what God uh, feels for me and humanity? Not just me, but but how much God loves humanity. What, what ends of the earth will God go to to, to remind us and show us of, of God's great love? and and for us just to stare at the cross again is that idea of of that salvation lies therein not because of our staring not because of the wood not because of anything like that but because of the reality of who god is and who god is to us um want to go back to the beginning then here i am going away and you will look for me but you will die in your sins where I am coming, you cannot, or where I'm going, you cannot come. Now that can that can feel harsh. That can feel like, well, Jesus, how come you just don't let him come? You know, it's, it seems exclusionary there. And and again, I, I don't know that I'm saying anything you don't know. Uh, forgive if I'm if I'm being too you know, uh, elemental, elementary. Uh, but uh, I think Jesus is ultimately he's naming the reality here. He's saying, listen. I'm I'm from above uh, and you're not. You belong to what is below. I belong to what is above. You belong to this world. I do not belong to this world. I don't think he's saying I don't want you to come.' you're, you're doing bad things. you're kind of mean people so you cannot come. I don't think it's it's any any um, pejorative. I don't think it's any punitive action on Jesus's part. I think that they're excluding themselves in their attitude and in their reality. I mean, Jesus is inviting them to be from above, but he's saying until and unless you are born from above, you can't get things from above because that's because I am. And unless you are tied to, I am, you are not. Does that make sense? I hope. Um, and so you know, it's that if you go back to John chapter three, writes because this certainly points us back there when Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the dead of night, and uh, and says, "Listen, I, I basically I know you got something here, but but I'm not sure what it is." And he says, "Listen, you know you're a teacher in Israel, and you don't you don't get this stuff unless a a, a man be born again, uh, a human being be born again. They cannot, you know." enter the kingdom of God. And he says, well, how are we to reenter our mother's womb? And Jesus says, listen, it's born from above. Unless you and I are born from above, Um, born from the spirit, born from that idea of who God is and what God's about. We don't don't understand because we're tied to earthy things, small things, uh, self-centered things things that that just simply don't matter. And God's saying, step away from all that stuff and and focus on what is ultimate reality. Focus on who is ultimate reality and tie yourself to that one. Because when you do, boy, then you can come wherever I am because I and the Father are one. And once we become one, with that same entity, that Jesus Christ, that Christ who is within us, that, that God who surrounds us and holds us all together, um, then we too will be able to. I mean, ultimately, my friends, and I'll, I'll end on this. I, I, I think all, well, it's, I, I'm sure I'm making it too small here, but I think what God desires from us is our heart. He desires our control. He desires our future. He desires, in a, in a word, our will. Um, and uh, and I think that's a hard thing to give him because that therein lies the battle, right? Um, Lord, I want you as part of my life, but only to a degree because I want to make the decisions here. I want to be in the driver's seat. And what God says is, hey, I'll stay over here in the backseat or I'll stay over here on the passenger side as long as you want. But ultimately, when you're ready, you need to give it over to me because that's the only way that I can take you. I mean, it's that idea of the burning bush, right? That I can take you and help you be everything that you were created to be. Because in us retaining our own will and following our our own needs, our own desires, our own idea of what our life is about, we're tied to the earth. And what our God is inviting us is to be tied from things from above. I'm going to end with a, a prayer by Merton. Many of you may have heard this before. It's just fantastic. So Thomas Merton. And I'm going to read the whole thing, but I love the, the crux of it in the middle where he says, I believe the desire to please you does in fact please you. He says, listen, we may be getting this all wrong, but as long as we have the desire right, Lord, I think you can work with that. And I think merton says far better than than what i'm doing here what i'm trying to say so let's pray this and then we'll pray the rosary together shall we and thomas leads us in prayer this way my lord god i have no idea where i am going i do not see the road ahead of me i cannot know for certain where it will end nor do i really know myself And the fact that I think that I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore will I trust you always. Though I may seem to be lost in the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you, and I hope that I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. Brothers and sisters, that, I think, in in three simple sentences, is what it means to be born from above, to follow the path where Jesus invites us. So may it be for us this day. Let's pray. And so we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen, the second luminous mystery Now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Have a wonderful Tuesday. And I look forward to us breaking open more of God's Word tomorrow. Godspeed.